0: I was in second year of uni and I was in the party scene and I was drinking until I would black out. And I had enough, so I Googled Red Frogs Newcastle and that's how I found Good Life Church.
1: Sarah was chronic MS, unexpectedly
2: single dad of two very busy girls and I've just broken my hand. Since I moved here 12 years ago in a place that was very foreign, in a country that was different, I should have felt out of place, but thanks to be like church, I was never alone.
3: I get these out of my eyes first. I'm emotional because my kids love Christ and they're in their 20s.
2: I was going through
4: some difficult times emotionally and um, Karen suggested that I come to church. There was the times where um, during church, he says, um, if anyone would like us to pray for them, um, put your hand up and without even thinking about it, I, I just felt my hand go off.
5: I moved from Newcastle, Australia to Auckland, New Zealand with my husband. We had our very first baby during a global pandemic and then we found out that she has cystic fibrosis.
6: When I was 30 years old, I had an encounter with God and it gave me such an incredible passion to see my children raised up in the house of God and loving Jesus. That was a bit tricky because my husband didn't share my faith, but now my kids are raising their own kids in the house of God. And my youngest son is my own pastor.
1: I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in November of 1999. It has left me struggling with fatigue, memory, short-term memory, um, even long-term memory now, and mobility issues. In 2018, when the opportunity to take redundancy came up, I took that to shore up my family's financial future. We were receiving pastoral care at the time for our struggling marriage. In the end, my wife has left and I've been left as the sole carer of my two awesome girls. <sighs> so on top of all that, in February, I've broken my hands. It's made things difficult at home. I've had Good Life Family step up, provide meals, help with the girls. The Connect Group has been praying for my healing, And then two weeks after I've attended the fracture clinic at the hospital, they've seen where the break was in my hand. Miraculously, it's just healed. It's been healed. Even the doctors were amazed. It's been a difficult and and lonely journey. Um, And without my, or without God
2: and my good life family, uh, would have been unbearable. Hey guys, uh, my name is David and uh, I've been a part of Good Life Church for about 12 years now, almost 13. And uh, my story started off in 2007 when I arrived with my family from Zimbabwe. So initially I was born in the Congo, but then we migrated over to Zimbabwe because it was a bit unsafe where we were at. And then we uh, migrated over here in Australia. So I arrived here with my um, mum, and just my two sisters. As soon as we arrived, um, we felt it would be best for us to be plugged into a a church and continue our journey of faith. Then we came across Good Life Church, and for us, it was just more than a church. It was a refuge, it was friends, it was family, you could say. And yeah, and for me as well, um, growing up, especially in a place that was different, that was, I guess, foreign, and a place where I found it a bit hard to fit in here and there. I found Good Life Church as a place where I could express myself and where I could be myself. Especially, let's say, in my teens um, growing up, I struggled a bit with my identity. I felt it a bit challenging to um, express myself, to fit in here and there. The youth ministry of Good Life here played a major role in um, helping me become more confident in myself, helping me believe in myself. and. Um, helping me find my feet and find a voice. Credit to the incredible pastors, the incredible leaders who've given me a platform to just be me. I've made a whole heap of um, meaningful relationships. I've found people that I can say I, I hold on to and treasure dearly because Good Life has been such a place that has allowed me to find that. and. Yeah, and for me, I can just simply say that life would be completely different if it wasn't for Good Life Church. There's moments where I struggled to find confidence in chasing this opportunity or having people here that I can count on. Having father figures as well in in this environment has meant that I was able to navigate through some tricky situations growing up and it meant that my family was well supported as well, especially coming from a household with a um, single parent. It was a bit of a disadvantage at times but having support from the good life family from good life church it meant that some things were um, easy were easier to navigate and to overcome like i get the chance to do the same now provide support like i cannot repay every single person that i've encountered in good life church who's um made a difference in my life in our world but i just get to do the same for other people and just help them find their feet help them in their relationship with Christ and help them take a step forward to a, to a better day.
7: I grew up in a Christian house. I went to private school and, you know, I went to church. I used to be a Sunday school teacher as a child, but then when I was 15, I was out on my own. Mum kicked me out of home and I was 14. I ended up going to different places and i completely rejected church, became a rebel, didn't want anything to do with it, started smoking pot, drinking, all that sort of thing. I had a um, kid when I was 18. I met him when I was 21. We became a family, blended family, because he had two children and I had one. And then we had our own children, but like for, you know, 20 years or so, I didn't go to church. I didn't think about anything. Like I always believed in God, but I never felt the urge to want to go and hang out. And then we started sort of going through a bit of a dark time <coughs> in life. He he lost his mother, Shane lost his mum and went through a fair bit of depression. He lost his dad and in a tragic way and found him when he was younger and like he got to kind of a suicidal point in life for a fair bit there with pretty bad depression and complicated post-traumatic stress Um, I went through kind of like a similar thing got pretty depressed I ended up taking a heap of Xanax and drinking beer and driving 120 K's off the bridge into a pole because I didn't care about life in general yeah we went through some pretty hectic dark times but then Mm. when ben and steph started the church like a good life just sort of we had to surround ourselves with different people and quit our old way of life and and it was just a beautiful thing the way that it merged together because ben in particular but like they were so encouraging to come and have a coffee with us come and do this come and do that and we just sort of wanted to live our life like them through the way that they behaved in general it wasn't more so come and be a Christian because you love God. It was more so, Mm. I want to have the joy in life that they have. I want to be like them. I love the way they live. I really need that in my life. And that's how it sort of merged our lives together. And and I wouldn't be without them. They're just like our family now.
4: It doesn't feel like going to church for us. It's just um, going on a Sunday and listening to music and being involved and, meeting up with good people and friends. Ben's kind of like one of my best friends now.
7: When you have depression and you can't get up out of bed in the morning to the point where you don't want to be alive anymore but you've got a family to support and stuff, it's really important to have friends that are like, um, that come around and say, you know, come and do this or something. Like I get emotional thinking about it because yeah, I just, It's good to have friends like that, that encourage you to live your best life and, you know, get out of the house and be with each other and connect with each other. Because it's something that people really need at that point. Hmm.
0: I graduated high school in 2014 and I got accepted into University of Newcastle. So I decided to live on campus. And I loved everything about living on campus. I loved living with my friends and living five minutes away from my actual classes. But there was a very big drinking and party scene, which I got swept into pretty quickly. And it was in my second year where I saw that I was a bit unsatisfied with life and who I was becoming and what I was doing. And so I coped with that by drinking more. For the first six months of my second year, I would drink to the point of passing out every time. I got to the point where I just had enough. I didn't want to do it anymore. And it was probably that combination of that self-realisation and some people that I'd met while living on campus. These people were called red frogs. And they would come and they'd cook dinner for us every fortnight on our block. But they wouldn't just cook dinner and then leave. They would cook dinner and then they'd stay and hang around and play games and chat life. And I would look back and I'd be like, who are these people that are cooking for complete strangers They were spending their nights here for free? It seemed illogical and random, and it sparked my curiosity. So with that combination, I Googled Red Frogs in Newcastle, and a few more Google searches, I found Good Life Church. So for about six months, I stalked Good Life Church's social medias until I finally found the courage to rock up to a 5 p.m. service. And it was after that service that someone made the beeline to me, and we made a connection. That was where I wanted to start forming a relationship with God and getting connected to the local church and growing in my faith and taking my next steps. After that, I knew straight from the beginning that I wanted to be part of Red Frogs. I wanted to be on the other side and I wanted to help and give back and make a difference like the Red Frogs had done with me. So now I'm in my fourth year of serving with Red Frogs and I wouldn't change a thing.
3: You know, I want to talk about the fact that we're such a young, vibrant, healthy church and that young people are embracing God and that they know you know that they have a hope and a future in Christ. I've been a good lifer for over 30 years, raised my children in Good Life Church. And during that time, I've seen lots of amazing things happen in our community. You know, real life things that happen for people that have challenges, everyday challenges that we all face. It's been exciting to be a part of a church that's relevant, that we're out in community, that we're embracing people, that we're, that we're realistic about you know, the life's challenges. And we're seeing change. We're seeing Christ introduced to the broader community as we go forward. That's why it's been great for me to see my children grow up in good life. They're um, embracing living for Christ and getting out there and sharing him with other people. To see them in uh, connect groups and youth groups and celebrating Jesus is just, stirs my heart. You know, when I'm out in community and um, I run into friends or acquaintances and people who have challenges or, you know, are struggling. The answer is Jesus, and as Good Life is, we have the privilege of sharing Him with those people that we meet. I think if we can be uh, just open and share from our hearts, and uh, you know, have that compassion, of Christ shine through us, we're going to see more and more people know who Jesus is. Going forward with Good Life is, uh, you know, I'm in there for the long haul. Uh, God's good all of the time, and if we can just lift Him up, and people see Him we're gonna see change across all of our campuses and our communities.
6: As a wife and a mum of three little kids under six years old, I just longed for them to be in God's house every week with me, worshiping God. And so there were times where that was really difficult because just getting them there when they could have stayed home with dad, um, if they didn't feel like going well, I really needed to just hold on to God and believe for, for the promises of God that that kept me. It was like an anchor for my soul when I was praying and just believing that my kids would be in God's house. And so, you know, later on, they go through teenage years when they have challenges, they question everything. And, you know, at that time too, I really needed to hang on to God and and, The church was just an incredible strength and support around my life and my kids' lives as well. You know, whatever it takes is what I I wanted to do to see them grow and see them know God for themselves. And so it, it actually ended up being like Macca's Meals, night after Sunday night after Sunday night, but hey, I didn't care. It was a joy to me because my kids were building relationships with people who were gonna be like mentors to their life and speak life into them and encourage them and believe in them. And so that was just so incredibly valuable to me. So I was willing to do whatever it takes and I'd really encourage you, if your parents, do whatever it takes to get your your kids into the house of God. And you know what, after a few years, they were raising their own kids and they were bring them into the house of God and I just said to God, well, hey, what, what, what's for me now? You know, I'm not a mum anymore. I'm not a grandma yet. Well, I am, but I wasn't then. <laughs> and, and, you know, I just had a real sense. God said to me, hey, you know, your call on your life is till the very last breath you take. And there's so many ways that that I've been able to serve. In the house of God, out in the community, loving people, just sharing that love that I have for God, that other people would find their best life and find what God's got for them and their destiny. And uh, it's just been a passion and I don't know where my family would be and where I would be personally if it wasn't for God and for His family that, have been an incredible support to my life and my family. So in
5: January this year, 2020, Tim and I moved to Auckland, New Zealand. I was 30 weeks pregnant, which is crazy to move your life at that point. And uh, we left all of our family and close friends behind in Australia. We came here and then in March, we had our very first child. We are so excited and she is honestly the most beautiful, incredible girl ever. I remember one day the midwife came to our house for a visit and she was insistent that Tim would be there for this appointment. So she comes over and I remember she sits us down and she explains to us that after the heel prick test that's done at birth for Lenya, there is a trace of cystic fibrosis in her DNA. When I Googled it, I was just bombarded with negative stories and headlines, shorter life expectancies, um, life-threatening illness, all this kind of stuff, people who have struggled with their health for their whole life and people who have died at young ages. So we had to get some extra testing done to find out whether Lenya has cystic fibrosis or whether she was just a carrier. And I remember the drive to the children's hospital on the day that we were gonna find out. The car was like heavy and it was quiet and it was just Tim and I and Lenya. But I remember as we arrived at the car park, Tim grabbed my hand and we prayed and we said, God, we don't know what this answer is going to be today. We pray that it is not cystic fibrosis, but if it is God, then let your name be glorified in our life. Let your name be glorified in this situation and let your will be done above ours. At the hospital, we learnt that cystic fibrosis is an incurable genetic condition that affects a person's lungs and digestive system. And we found out that Lenya has it. And so immediately this meant for us additional uh, medications before feeds. It means that she sleeps less than other babies and eats more than other babies. It means she needs a social worker. She needs a physiotherapy session every day. She needs a whole bunch of different care and additional care than other children. And that was overwhelming to just be faced and bombarded with all of this information at the hospital in that moment. And we left that day completely confused, no idea really what was going to happen, no idea what this looks like for our little baby as she grows up, but filled with a peace that doesn't make sense. God had filled us with a peace that surpasses all understanding. So in this season, we've been faced with two choices. We can be filled with fear and let that riddle and rule in our life forever and let that cause us to become overprotective and crazy parents or we could walk with faith and confidence that God is in control and that God has his hand on Lenya's life. This whole time it has been good lifers who have been there to support us and hold our heads up, encourage us and stand with us in faith. When we haven't had the energy to stand in faith ourselves, we have had people that are praying for us, praying for Lenya, praying for my strength, my sanity, and my ability to just be a mum. People on our team who also live with us, which is handy, but who have been here to support us every step of the way. There's a good chance that without good lifers in my ear, with faith and encouragement, there would be times where I would be overcome with fear. But instead, I can walk in faith. I'm spurred onwards in faith because I've got good lifers in my world.
4: When I first started going to church, and um, the um, emotions and the pressure that I was um, going through, the really dark, dark periods like it's hard to explain or for someone to understand what one is going through at that time like it's um really hard to even leave the house and stuff but i found going to good life it uh
7: gave us motivation yeah
4: it gave me yeah a bit of motivation and i was
7: positivity that we needed
4: i was expressing to Ben um, like I was I really my I had some goals I wanted my kids to be proud of me again and I wanted to treat my wife better because I was being abusive I wasn't saying nice things to her or treating my kids how I wanted to treat them and Ben started praying for me and Um, said that if you want to be that better man, be that better man. Um, God is forgiving, God will forgive you. And then I started, after we talked, I started living life like God was there helping me through each day. So I was looking out the front door at opportunities instead of doom and gloom. Life's been getting better and better and I've been treating my wife how she's meant to be treated. And my kids have all said different times, "Wow, well, Dad, I'm so proud of you. Like, you're doing amazing things. And all it's all been to falling into place. How I've, what I've been praying for has actually been coming true.
7: The guys are good life. They're awesome. They're just absolute legends. Absolutely love them. They're so positive and happy, and they, they live a great life and show by example to other people how how they want to be. Like it's mm. it's hard to explain, but I love them all. They're awesome. And
2: that, and that, that's why, that's
7: why, why the world needs, why
2: the world needs, why the world
8: needs a good life. What brilliant stories and we want to say thank you to all of those good lifers who shared their journey, their story and uh, I tell you what I've I've been to tears, I've watched a number of those uh, testimonies a number of times and it's such an honour and a privilege to be a part of that story, and be a part of a church that yeah. literally sees um, lives changed. Every one of those people, though, as much as a church, we try to give an opportunity and create an environment where people can uh, change, where people can receive Christ, where people can uh, find freedom and discover their purpose yeah. and then make a difference. But every one of those people has responded personally to Jesus.
3: Right. They
8: took a step. The first step yeah. was to say yes Jesus Christ came to the earth to show us how to live, but yet He died on the cross to pay the price for all of my sins and for yours. Every one of those people prayed a prayer saying yes to Jesus and then the journey of life and growth happened from there. And today it's an opportunity. You might need to say yes to Jesus for the first time or maybe you're coming back to Him. Maybe there's a moment of rededication where you... Come back to Christ and say, I want to. I want to fire this one up again. I want to give it a go, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk this out with God. And all I'm gonna say is that you need to just start with a prayer that says, Yes to Jesus, come into my heart. There's a journey from there, and it's brilliant, but it starts with a prayer. So would you pray today, wherever you're at? How about you pray with me? Pray it like this, dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, I thank you so much. that you include me, you include me in, your in your family, despite my sin and mess. I'm a part of your family. And I really appreciate that. So today, I bring my heart to you. And I ask that you'd forgive me of my sin. I wanna leave all that behind. And I want you in my future. In every decision, from this day forward, I ask you to come into my heart, to be the Saviour of my life. And today I make you Lord of my life.